You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and uh, we have a special guest host today, but we'll get to that in a minute. I am joined in the studio by Ken and Jeff. How's it going, guys? Oh, very good. How are you doing, Matt? Oh, he hasn't come back yet. Oh, he hasn't come back yet. Uh, I feel bad. Uh, I, I There's this Magpies, Collingwood Magpies hat that I, I've always wanted, like two years. I've been waiting for it, and uh, it's really hard to find. It's never in stock. They only have kids' sizes, and I have a big head. Um, and I said, Matt... Um, you've never seen an Australian football game. Uh, why don't you go to Australia? I'll send you, I'll get you tickets to a practice. And, uh, we sent him there and that was like last week. And, uh, he's gotten wrapped up in the, uh, Summerton man case, uh, this yeah. cold case. Yeah. I, I, I guess he's, he's tracking, uh, tracking this, uh, notorious killer. Yeah. He's tracking a notorious killer. And, uh, from what he told us in an email, uh, he's using a new system of tracking instead of smells and footprints uh and and regular tracks from a car he's actually using coffee beans from starbucks hmm, interesting yeah so let's see how that strategy pays off yeah i'm really curious if we even hear from him i don't know and maybe some of the aussie listeners know what the summer tin man is yeah and uh we didn't even know what that was but uh we were informed by uh one of our guests today that we're really happy to have in the studio uh and that is our united states champion kiana cutney how's it going great i'm so happy to be here i'm just giddy with excitement <laughs> oh good well we're really excited to have you here like we said uh before we started recording kiana's always on the crop and and uh cracking jokes and uh, interacting with us and we just love when when you guys do that and uh, it's just a pleasure to have you here and have you support us on patreon yeah i'm glad to be here thanks oh and actually you're coming to us from philly too right i forgot to mention that i am yeah yeah philly land of gritty, <laughs> land of land. gritty. and uh why don't you tell the the listeners uh, the gift that you got your husband I got him a so one of my uh, one of my friends actually draws up these uh, these really great cards and so she has an Etsy shop and I went on and she had this uh, gritty card on that she had just made and it's gritty like punching a, a frog with a, a Nazi symbol on his shoulder and um, you know my husband's like what what is this I don't understand so I had to explain the whole gritty meme to him and you know how he's a symbol of uh, anti-fascism and all that. <laughs> It's a symbol of freedom. Yeah, he's the yeah, Indiana Jones of the he's, NHL. He's unbridled, yes. chaotic, good symbol exactly. of all that's right and true. <laughs> did you tell him uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, when he opened his stocking? I did not, but I probably should. Yeah. I mean, it's always <laughs> next year. Bit, 
Yeah, we're a little bit past Christmas, but I'll do it. <laughs> well, it sounds like me and Kiana have a lot in common, so I think we're going to team up today. And uh, you want it to be Team Special K, right? Because the, K. the Ks are yeah. working together. And we'll see if that extra energy helps you guys uh, beat uh, Jeff and I. But uh, before we do that, we want to <laughs> introduce our special guest host today, coming to us from Denver, Colorado, uh, also United States champion on Patreon, which we appreciate, and that is Willow Campbell. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about how you got into trivia and uh, and found the show and just a, uh, about yourself? Yeah, so um, I actually started listening to trivia only a year ago. That's you know got really into trivia uh, by listening to a radio station based out of Seattle, um, and we would listen to it at work, and it just wasn't enough. So I went on the search for a, a new trivia thing to listen to, and you guys popped up and. Uh, I've been listening to you guys every week ever since. It's good to know that we're popping up on the searches now. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you, t- you typed in uh, like you know four dorks or something and trivia, and it came <laughs> up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, a dork. I'm a nerd. Okay, well that's fine. We have dorks, I'm nerds, both. <laughs> we have geeks. Geeks. I'm actually over here. I can't use that. Uh, you can use um, College actually. Humor has a whole like web series called Um Actually. Oh really? And they're still doing it. It's unfortunate. I really it is unfortunate. It. Uh, well, well, thank you for searching for us and, and finding us uh, and uh, reaching out to host. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm happy to do it, and I've, uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, thank you. We are, too. Uh, before we get the game going uh, and we throw it to the rules guy, uh, Kiana, uh, what about you? What do you do over in Philly? I am the billing HR um, payroll administrator of a, a company that does web design and development here in Philly. Oh, cool. Yeah, kind of like the backbone of the company a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And we should probably come to you to complain about Jeff or Matt if they bug us, right, at work? Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Right. <laughs> You'll be getting an email. And before we uh, toss it to the rules guy here, uh, Kiana, I'm just going to crack this uh, can of brain juice I have. Go on. <laughs> a little ASMR here. <laughs> really just sparkling water. Mango flavored, delicious. Oh, awesome. Let's toss it to the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice try, Neil. That, uh, that impression did not go as well as I'd hoped. So, um, Jeff, since he's going to be drinking LaCroix for his, uh, his superpower here for the game with Kiana, uh, I'll just take a little sip of this uh, Collectivo Holiday Blend that I have here. <laughs> oh, it burns. It's really hot. I forgot that I just poured it. It's really hot. Okay. We're okay. My tongue's burnt, but we'll be all right. What's our team name, by the way? I was I was thinking we hadn't come up with one yet, um, but Willow is from Denver, so if they're going to be special K, do you want to be mild high? Okay. Mild high. <laughs> mild high. All right. I like it. All right. We'll be team mild high. Uh, well, I th- yeah. I think Neil might be a little mild high today based <laughs> on some of these jokes. Yeah, I am. We'll see how it goes. I'm not sure. Just brace yourself. Uh, well, yeah, Will, uh, feel free to take it away. Uh, we're ready to go. All right. We'll start off with question number one. What is the highest mountain when measured from the center of the earth? We're locked in. Okay. I'm just going to trust Jeff. 
Kilimanjaro. No, let's say uh, let's say Everest. I don't think it's right, but uh, uh, let's let's say Everest. Kilimanjaro, actually. That Kilimanjaro. Sounds... Yeah. All right, we're yeah. in with Kilimanjaro. So correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. Uh, this is the character on Game of Thrones. <laughs> the mountain. The mountain. Yeah. Sorry, um, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the I think the mountain we're looking for here is in the Andes range, and it's topographically not taller from the surface, but uh, the surface around it is much higher, which means it's farther from the center. Um, also, it's closer to the equator, and uh, so we guessed Mount Chimborazo. It is Mount uh, Chimborazo uh, in Ecuador. Yeah, um, and it is uh, the highest due to the equatorial bulge. Ah, that, that was we were, my nickname in college. Was it, love that <laughs> bulge. was it Addie we were talking about this with? Um, I can't remember. We It had come up in passing, yeah. 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 Somebody, this one was worded a little differently. Yeah, so, somebody yeah. had asked about like proximity to like outer space or something like yeah, that once. Yeah, right. yeah. That sounds familiar. Well, I whiffed. I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys ready for question number two? We yeah. are. Yeah. All right. What name was William F. Cody better known by? That was going to be my, my guess. Okay, so we'll lock in. You guys can talk. I uh, think Pecos Bill. What about um, Buffalo Bill Cody? Not not the one from Silence of the Lambs. Would you play trivia with me? Not the lotion. I'd, I'd play trivia with me. <laughs> <laughs> not the lotion guy. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's all I'm coming up with. Let's go with. Uh, can we go with Buffalo Bill Cody? Sure. All right. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we we thought that was Wild Bill Cody. Is that what we had settled in on? Well, I believe it's Wild Bill Hickok. Okay. Um, but mm. uh, but we did we did put Wild Bill, which right. I, is it's okay though. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to take Wild Bill, but it is Buffalo Bill. Uh, um, and he uh, he is buried here in in Colorado. I need to visit Denver. I've never been there, so uh, we'll have to we'll have to come out there. It's a great city. Can uh, you put question three in the basket, please? Yes. Found under the ear, what is the name of the smallest bone in our body? Smallest bone in our body. Is that also a bone? That is not. That is not a bone. That okay. Um, it is a structure in the ear, though, if that makes you feel better. Okay. Well, I, f- I thought it was something in the ear. Uh, I am not going to go down the tricky trap of the medulla oblongata again. Um, I don't know. What, what, I'm going to trust you on that one because I'm not too sure. Yeah. We're, we're betting kind of a... 33% chance on this, so we're writing things down. I mean, how about uh, how about this one? I was Yeah, I was going to go between one of these two. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're locked in. All right, I think I know this. Oh, good. I think it's the Stapes, maybe. The, the, I'm sorry, what? Stapes. Stapes? Yeah. Is that like I one think. of the, you know, the, the hammer and the anvil and the stirrup or whatever they say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that one of those? It is, yeah. Okay. We're going to lock in with uh, Stapes. We were thinking about the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. Um, Neil had written down uh, cochlea, but I don't think that's correct. Um, we don't actually know the name for the bone, uh, so we went anvil. But uh, upon hearing Stapes, I'm pretty sure that might be right. So we'll see. Um, it is correct. It is Stapes, uh, Stapes. Which I think is the stirrup. I don't know. It's a, I think it's the stirrup one, actually. Yeah, I do believe yeah. it's the stirrup. Yeah. Special okay, uh, special K coming out of the gate, pretty special. You are. <laughs> you are. I mean, you got uh, Buffalo Bill, and then you got stirrups. A lot of, of little cowboy theme here. I should have had <laughs> <a> Willow. <laughs> kind of is, yeah. All right, going on along with the uh, cowboy theme, we're going to go into drinks. Um, if I made you a drink with cognac, absinthe, bitters, and sugar, what have I made you? 
cognac, absinthe, bitters, and what was the last one? Sugar. 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 Sugar, please. Um, that sounds very similar to Buffalo Bill, the D'Onofrio and Men in Black. It's kind of weird. Um, great. So the three guys in the studio do not drink. Do you have any ideas on this? No, not even close. No? I had absinthe once in London. Uh, didn't screw me up too bad, uh, but my friend... Uh, his friends gave him a bottle of absinthe that he drank, and he woke up nude on a doorstep with flowers in his hand um, <laughs> with someone he knew. Um, hmm. At least he was with somebody he knew. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He said if he wasn't, he'd be in an English jail. All right. We're locked in. Yeah. I can like picture putting that sugar cube on the on the little ladle thing and melting it, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, you sure you're not talking about heroin? <laughs> I, I drink, but not cocktails, so... No, no, no. You put, you put the... There's a there's a little metal device that you put on top of the glass. Right. And you put the sugar cube on top of it. You put and a little. You melt it. You put a little like flame under it, and then you you put the uh, there's like a, a pipe or something in your mouth. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Not talking about smoking crack. <laughs> but uh, as to naming this drink, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure either. I uh, cocktails are not really my thing. Well, when I think uh, absinthe, I think uh, Marilyn Manson usually. So. Let's say it's called the Marilyn Manson special. Perfect. I know it's not the old fashioned. Uh, I believe that has bourbon in it, but I just couldn't come up with another name and I'm at a loss on this one. So we just went old fashioned. Um, old fashioned is close. What we're looking for is a Cesarac. Oh, I've had a Cesarac. Oh, that's disappointing. That's my bad, Jeff. I had a, a Cesarac at the, um, I believe it was the Waldorf Astoria in uh, New Orleans because that's a, a nice wow. New Orleans drink. A little too high for my price point, but it was good. Named after uh, Rusty Boot Cesarek. <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Are we, uh, are we ready for the next question? Yes, please. This real ancient Greek woman traveled to Egypt to study medicine, uh, but due to strict laws, was unable to practice upon returning to Greece. Uh, so she dressed as a man and went to work, performing the job better than most of the men of the day. Um, she was brought in front of a court when... The doctors had accused her of sleeping with the patients, so she stripped down naked to show that she was, in fact, a woman. Who is this woman? And I will take two names for this. Oh, I'm, I'm at a loss. Um, I mean, yeah, one I think of, like, Greeks and medicine. Yeah. Hippocrates is the classic one I think of, but right. I'm pretty sure that's not who we're talking about here. Yeah, we'll, we'll lock in. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of at a loss, too. Do, do you have a line of thinking I, on this? No, I don't. I have absolutely no idea with this one. Maybe... Uh, it could be Cleopatra, who was not Egyptian. Uh, I don't think, but I mean, whatever you want to go with is good with me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all I can that's all I can do. So yeah, okay, let's do it. Cleopatra. Uh, yeah, we were just trying to think of uh, famous uh, famous doctors that we knew, and, uh, and we know it's wrong. We just put Anne Preston. All right. Um, the cr- uh, correct answer is Agnodice or Agnodike. Another little fun fact about this, they actually uh, made it legal for women to practice medicine after that court case. All right. After uh, five questions, looks like Special K is in the lead with 20 points. And uh, what were you guys? Mild high? Mild high. 10 points. That was, I'm, so bad. I'm sorry about that wild bill, Jeff. Yeah, yeah me too. All right. Uh, on to the next question. Diamonds rank at number 10 on Mo's scale, making it the hardest mineral. Where would you find cubic zirconia? Uh, I was ranking them like it was a BuzzFeed article, like top 10 hard stones. <laughs> and I was like, is it like number six? But coming in at number three, kidney. <laughs> you can't go to Coachella without kidney. 
show me the cubic zirconium you have on your hand right now. Try to that's squeeze it. So that's that's what a one is. Oh, okay. So okay, I'm fine it, with it that. It might actually be, might be higher. Let's What's go. the one? One is talc, I believe. Yeah, but one is uh, the pow- very soft. They hadn't locked in yet. So before soft. before we play trivia, ten out over there. No, no. I, it, what, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know. What, what what difference is it before be? we play trivia uh, here in the studio? Jeff uh, goes into a large bowl I have in the apartment of talcum powder and does the LeBron James. It's really messy. We're locked in with that. Mm, I'm gonna revise up. Okay. Okay. Now we're good. All right, uh, Kiana, seven, eight, that area? Um, I would guess, I want to say s- like seven. I know it's pretty hard. Um, seven is where I'm landing. What do you think? I'm pretty good with that. Seven, okay. I definitely think it's it's probably up there. I don't, I, like how many more steps can you take in between diamond and zirconium, you know? So. That's true. Lucky number seven. Do you want to go higher? No, I think I'm good with seven. Okay. Lucky number seven. And uh, we said it was six. Ken, you uh, you should have gone higher. Mm. It is oh. eight. Oh, come oh. on. The Ocho. <laughs> eight to 8.5. Okay. okay. A lot closer than I thought. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. So if you're getting an engagement ring, don't feel too bad if it's a cubic zirconium because it's almost <laughs> as hard as diamond. And, and cheaper. And uh, less bloodshed. True. Probably. Yes. Very and true. Also, not probably owned by a cartel. Yeah. Go cubic zirconia. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag cubic zirconia. All we're, right. We're in the I'm... zirconia lobby pocket. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by cubic zirconia. By big zirconia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to the next question. What is the only sea that it that is not bordered by any land? I'm going to be leaning heavily on Jeff on this game. Mountains, seas. Rocks. Well, I don't know if we're going to get this one now that I think about it. Is Chimborazo, it? we got lucky because that one's, that one's a favorite of mine. But Jason asked this question about eight months ago, nine months ago. But he asked it the other way around. He was like, "What? what's the characteristic of this sea? And I totally blew that this was the only sea that doesn't have a land border. But I can't remember the name of it offhand. I'm pretty sure I know where it is, but I don't think I have the name for it. Unfortunately, we will not be getting points for that. But thank you for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Whatever you want to lock in with, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, we'll, we'll just write something down. Yeah, so I assume this is at like right smack dab in the middle of an ocean. That would be my guess. Right. But I, I'm, nothing is coming to mind. Let's let's be really simple here and just say okay. like the middle sea or something. <laughs> That's a high sea. <laughs> No, these aren't quite the high seas, but uh, I, we guessed the southern sea for a sense of direction <laughs> and a sea. It is in the North Atlantic. The sea is called the Sargasso Sea or Sargasso Sea. Sargasso Sea. Okay. Definitely heard of that. Okay. Um, yeah. It's created by uh, four currents that rotate. Let's let's get some uh, movie questions. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just playing. Keep the geography coming. We'll we'll get there. I, I have a few in here. Um, where was I? I should have remembered that one because that one, like, I felt real, real spurned by Jason when I got a geography mm. question wrong. So mm. that that one should have stuck harder. So maybe this time. All right. Who was awarded the very first gold record in 1958? I was thinking that too. I didn't know if that would be like a trick, you know? Right. Sometimes the easy ones are the easy ones. I mean, we can go with your answer. I I feel like he would have gotten one earlier, but maybe not. 
Well, and it was the first, so nobody had one before this. Okay. So, all right, yeah, we'll yeah, go with we'll him. lock it. Thinking um, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, something like that. Um, I'm. I think I actually know this one. I'm going to say Perry Como. Um, yeah, yeah, for uh, Catch Catch a Falling Star. I think the song is. Well, I can't argue with that. So, <laughs> Perry Como, it is. And uh, it's uh, Rivers' great great grandfather. <laughs> We had uh, we'd written down some other artists, Cash and Elvis included, but we thought maybe it was Elvis. All right. Well, uh, Keanu, you got it right on the head. It is Perry Como with Cash awesome. Star. All right. Back on the board. Nice job on that one. Where did you pick up that fact? Just kind of knew it? No, I like look at a lot of you know Billboard and, and RIAA stuff, and yeah, that was something that I kind of picked up a couple of years back and just some useless piece of trivia that I didn't think I'd ever need, but here we are. Yeah, I gotta get better at that. The billboard stuff—that's it's always hard. What is the longest movie ever made? Oh, it's that Man. one that's like seventeen hours long or yeah. something like that. Ever, ever made? Ever had a theatrical release? What's the? Um, yeah, it uh, uh, had a theatrical uh, release um, in Chicago in nineteen eighty-seven. So, that's it, even longer than that. Yeah, it's, it's like two days long. I, th- I think something. it's longer than that. It was shown at the Art Institute, I think. Um, yeah, I remember when like they did four it. four people actually watched the movie. Because mm. the, there's an argument about like longest theatrical release. It was me and it's Jeff a, and Neil and Matt. It's a, There's a war saga <laughs> that's like a nine-hour film, but I can't remember the name of that one. But uh, no, we this, sh- this was more of an artsy. Um, we should do a, a triviality commentary, and if you can last all uh, two all days, two days worth... You know, you get some sort of prize. I feel like that word is in there somewhere. Yeah, it's... Um, Do you remember? I thought it was Russian, but I'm thinking of um, oh, I'm thinking of Russian Ark, which is a movie all in one take. You um, think about the theatrical release, though? I'm not sure. I mean, we just go with your, what you want. Because I'm, I'm not going to pull it. I, I have ideas, but I, still, I think I'm way off. Um, all right, we'll lock it. Okay. A lot of stuff they're saying sounds familiar. Uh, I feel like it's yeah. daydream or sleep or study of sleep or something like that. I couldn't tell you. It sounds really familiar. I've heard this before, but I cannot think of the title of it to save my life. Let's call it um, sleep study. All right. Hmm. Just making sleep study. Making yeah. stuff up. <laughs> you guys? Yeah, this one's really bugging me because I feel like it's something of sanity, but I, I just can't pull it. So we just said of sanity. The uh, the movie is called The Cure for Insomnia. Ah, uh, we were it was All like right. right between both oh. of our answers. <laughs> so close, so. Close. Um, and uh, upon looking it up, uh, up a little bit more, um, it's the sixth longest experimental film of all time. But it was the only it's the longest one with a theatrical release. Mm. So thanks for clarifying that. Is there one? Do you have the runtime on that? Oh yeah, it's uh, eighty five hours. I was gonna say it's. It's several days. I was going to say 84 hours was my guess. Uh, so I would have been closer on that uh, than the name. Three days and 15 hours. Yeah. Cool. Is, is there one, I don't know if you have the list around, is there one, um, it's like a foreign movie, like The Mission or The Journey or The uh, Quest or something like that. It's really, really long. Well, there was one released in 2012 called Logistics um, at 80, uh, 857 hours. Oh, I, I, I see my mistake. There's one called Rasan The Journey, which is... 30, 14 hours, so it's definitely not as long as 85 days or whatever that was. What was it? Yeah. 85 hours. 85 hours. <laughs> wow. It's too much. Too much. All right. On to question 10, last question of this round. <clears throat> when was the idea of the atom first introduced? Uh, it would be the book of Genesis. 
Are you talking about like a like a? You, a you've a, misspelled Adam. An era, a year, a text. What's what are we getting at here? I guess first like written um, and accepted version of of the idea of the atom. Sorry. Okay. So they had the idea. It wasn't right, but they had the idea. Okay. I mean, that's that's very interesting. I never would have even gone in that direction. I'm, but I might be off, but I'm not off by much. I think. Well, I, I trust you. I mean, I I don't know much about atoms. Uh, they surround me. They fill me with joy. They are you. They are me. But I couldn't tell you much more than that. We'll uh, we'll lock in. Okay. So all I can go off of here is I'm thinking um, older than expected, and I'm thinking uh, like philosophers, like Greek and Roman philosophers. I was also thinking that I know it was uh, I think Democritus, but I can't tell you what year. Yeah, I think we're looking for like a work. Okay. Um. Hmm. What? Who? Who did you say, Democrates? Uh, yeah, Democritus. I'm not sure, like, what the work was or what year. Or... It's it's pretty old, though. Let's just block in with uh, Democritus. Yeah. We went uh, Aristotle. Okay. Oh, was it? Uh, oh, when when the when the idea was introduced. All right, we're locked in. I think like five hundred. Hmm. Let's just put that down. Five hundred A.D. Yeah, uh, B.C. Yeah. B.C. Five hundred B.C. We went three fifty four B.C. Um, it is right in the middle. It is 450 BC. Hmm. Oh, get out. <laughs> and where did that come from? Were we on the right track? Eusippus of um, Miletus. Mm-hmm. Miletus. Um, yeah, Miletus. Yeah, thank you. Um, the word comes, uh, the word Adam comes from uh, atamos, which means uncuttable. Um, the idea, uh, he was pretty much just saying that there has to be a point in which matter could not be cut anymore. And. He was, wasn't wrong, I guess. Lucippus. Okay, I'll have to remember we just, that. We just thought we were there a little bit sooner than we were. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right, so after round one, it's a uh, tight match, 30 to 10, special K in the lead. But uh, hopefully we rack up some extra points in this swing round. All right, so um, the swing round, this is going to be all film. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you the t- uh, top 10 uh, grossing films of all time, adjusted for inflation. And what I want you to do is put them in order from 1 to 10 um, for five points for each correct one. Okay, so we're just taking the highest grossing films adjusted for inflation, putting them in order of most to, I guess, least technically 1 to 10. Yeah. Okay. And anything in the correct position gets gets points. points. Cool. Great. So the films are The Sound of Music, Jaws, Star Wars A New Hope, Snow White, the Ten Commandments, Dr. Zhivago, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Gone with the Wind, Titanic, and The Exorcist. Do you want me to repeat those one more time? Yeah, let's go through them one more time. All right. We have The Sound of Music, Jaws, Star Wars A New Hope, Snow White, The Ten Commandments, Dr. Zhivago, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Gone with the Wind, Titanic, and The Exorcist. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, all the lists are in. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, read off our order, and uh, then we'll find out uh, what the actual order is, and uh, we'll rack up some points. So I guess we'll go first here at uh, Special K. If you want to switch off with me, uh, first of all, we had uh, Gone with the Wind in uh, number one slot here. Uh, Number two, we have Titanic. We have Star Wars at number three. Uh, Number four, we have Jaws. Uh, Ten Commandments, number five. Uh, Sound of Music, six. And then we weren't sure about the order here, but we went uh, Exorcist, seven, E.T., eight. Uh, for number nine, we have Snow White. And then uh, closing off the list with Dr. Zhivago. Classic. Classic. David Lean, classic. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so we're in agreement uh, on our list number one, Gone with the Wind. Uh, I was telling the, the uh, team here that one will most likely never be overtaken. Uh, and we don't give a damn about it. Um, Jeff? Yeah, we uh, we kind of were in consensus. We thought Titanic was number two on this slot. Uh, I thought Tit- uh, Star Wars was number two, but we put it number three so I could appease Jeff. Uh, Jeff, it might continue. not be that high even. <laughs> uh, but then we said ET for four. Uh, Ten Commandments, number five. Sound of Music, six. Jaws, number seven. Doctor Zhivago was eight. Uh, the Exorcist, number nine. And coming up in the last position for us, we said Snow White. All right, and uh, just real quick, I do want to clarify that this is uh, these are um, this is a domestic list. Um, it was pointed out that uh, Avatar did make a lot of of money. But uh, domestically, it just didn't show up in the uh, in the top ten here. Um, all right, so your list goes as follows: number one, Gone with the Wind; number two, Star Wars: A New Hope; number three, Sound of Music; number four, E.T.; number five, Titanic; number six, Ten Commandments; number seven, Jaws; number eight. Dr. Javago, number nine, The Exorcist, number 10, Snow White. So we don't know the top of the list, but we got that bottom of the list down. So <laughs> you, you nailed some down there? <laughs> yeah. I, the only reason I knew, um, my reasoning, my logic, if anyone even really cares, uh, I figured only animated movie on there. I know it was a, a groundbreaking film, but I was like, that one's probably not made as much money. So I put that one last. Exorcist also being a horror film, even though it's the most popular genre of all time, uh, that one wouldn't have had the legs, so I put that before that. And then Dr. Zhivago, simply because of the length. Um, I was actually going to put it last, but then I thought it's David Lean. It's a really famous movie. So Actually, later, I've, I actually brought the Blu-rays of Dr. Zhivago, Bridge Over the River Kwai, and Brief Encounter. Oh, so if you want to have, have a lean night. Later. I'll have a lean night with you. All right. So how many points do you got? Uh, we racked up uh, 30, so we got some points there, Joe. I did not think Star Wars was number two. So you're at 40? Uh, we're at 40 total. So my bad. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So after that swing round, it looks like a mild, mild high. Mm-hmm. Mild high. <laughs> mild high. 
racked up 30 extra points so that brings you to 40 you just toppled us we only got five points in that so we're at 35 oh so we took a lead so we have a mild high right now that's probably Mm -hmm. not going to last right (laughs) hopefully not all right coming out of the swing round what artist was hit with a mallet by a rival disfiguring him for life and i'm trying to remember which one threw the mallet he likes throwing mallets wait he likes throwing mallets yeah okay so then it's him is it it, it's either, it's between those two. I know one of them got hit with the mallet and one of them threw the mallet, and I can never remember which one it is. But if this guy got it was hit... was Hammer Bro, right? Hammer from Mario? Yes, Hammer Bros from Mario. Hammer Bro and Salt Bay. Um, <laughs> so, so if he would have gotten hit with a mallet, I could see why his career would have taken off because he would have felt um, underappreciated, and that's why he created so much. Well, I th- so I'm pretty positive he did the hammer throwing. There's a total total aside but there's a like a 90s smooth jazz album that i have from of course like, you do that i inherited from my father from antiquity okay and he has a song about vincent van gogh's ear getting cut off and he has a song about this person throwing hammers oh then then, then and we're... i'm pretty sure it's accurate to my memory because like, i looked it up once and i'm pretty sure that's the the hammer thrower in question well that's money then so but we want the recipient right well if if i know the thrower and he knows both then we can figure it out so yeah uh willow we want who got hit with the hammer right Yes, who was hit with the with the hammer? Okay, so we're locked in then. Okay, I think uh, this involves a Ninja Turtle, and also <laughs> I think it involves uh, Titian. All right, <laughs> I have no idea. It's a great story though. I think um, I think the Ninja Turtle was the thrower, so I think Titian was the recipient. Let's let's do it. Let's go. Titian. <laughs> what is Titian? He was an artist. He was a painter. Um, Yeah, so I I immediately wrote down uh, Michelangelo, who we agreed upon was the person who threw the hammer. Hammer thrower. And I believe Leonardo da Vinci was the one who got hit with the hammer. Um, And uh, I don't know why. It just kind of stuck in my brain. I'm a little bit worried about my question now because I have Michelangelo was the one who was hit. Oh, maybe we're way off then. We could be. So the answer is Michelangelo. He was studying at the Academy of Ancient uh, Ancient Art. He was... uh, Struck by a mallet by the rival Torriagiano, crushing the, uh, crushing his nose, um, and breaking his nose. Oh, what was the name of the guy who threw it? Torriagiano. Torriagiano. So Michelangelo Salieri sounds like. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys ready for the question number two? Yep. All right. Who was the first costumed superhero? I don't think that's far off. Okay. Uh, all right, we'll go with uh, with this person. I'm thinking of not a person, but maybe an alien. Okay, I have no no idea about superheroes or like comic books or anything like that. Um, I think uh, super. I think Superman was pretty early. Superman. Yeah, I think so too. That would be my guess. Really Superman. changed um, the uh, the genre a lot. So yeah, let's let's go Superman. Also, I guess technically an alien, but yeah, <laughs> is an alien. Yeah, we also went with uh, the Pride of Cleveland, Superman. All right, so I think this was a little bit before Superman. It was, um, um, sorry, it was the Phantom. Oh, the fan. Oh, that's right. All right. Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane gets gets us again. Do <laughs> uh, you remember that movie? Yeah, I remember. I got uh, they had cups. If I remember, you would get from the movie theater that had like I think it was his head. On it's the like top. purple, right? It was purple. Yeah, it was a cool costume. It was like uh, kind of like Black Panther ish. Like he lived in the jungle and he was ri- he was a rich guy. He looked like uh, Aquabat. He did look like an aquabat, yeah. 
I, I totally forgot about the Phantom. Oh, I saw. I'm really mad at myself right now. And Billy Zane, too, just by proxy. Take that, <laughs> Billy Zane. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. What animal has the longest migration each year? And this is in terms of miles. Well, we learned that the Portland Trailblazers have the longest migration of any sports team per year. Thank you, Brent. Um, okay, you're writing a dodo bird? Uh, I'm good with that. I always say, let's write the answer and then be asked to be more specific. Because we don't know. We, Will, Willow could be very understanding. <laughs> I try my best. So we'll, we'll lock in. Yeah, he tries. We'll, we'll, we'll lock in with this. Okay, so they're locked in. What do you think about uh, geese? Geese sounds good. It's definitely a bird. Um, Canada goose. Canada goose. Let's let's do it. I like Canada. <laughs> All right. Canada goose. Um, we're gonna harken back to my poor Al Gore impression for like the third time in this game, and we're gonna go a whale. <laughs> mm. So when I was researching this, I too thought that it was a whale, but it's the Arctic tern, which is a bird. Um, it travels nearly from uh, pole to pole um, wow. during during the course of the year, which is about 21,750 miles. Wow. Arctic tern, you said? Ar- Arctic tern. T-E-R-N. Oh, T-E-R-N. Wow. I have to... That's really interesting. I'm just going to look up a picture while we're continuing here. Absolutely. Go ahead. All right, next question. What was the original name of Super Mario? It might have been a bit on the nose. Yep, we're locked in. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually in on this one, too. Okay, let's go. Uh, I think it's it's Jumpman, right? Kiana, you want to confirm? Jumpman would... Sounds right. I can't confirm, but I'll go with you. I think in, in Donkey Kong, he was Jumpman. Jumpman, 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 Jumpman. That's where my mind went. <laughs> I mean, he had two cardinal directions. You know, side to side and up and down. So, Jumpman. It was, in fact, Jumpman. All right. Back on the board. Keanu, yes. Keanu and I are on the same page there. That's what I thought of. Because <laughs> I didn't know that one. I know, I know the song. Well, I know you do, yeah. All right. Whose presidential campaign slogan read, A chicken in every pot, a car in every garage? Can you repeat that one more time? Whose presidential campaign slogan read, A chicken in every pot? And a car in every garage. You're good with presidents. I'm just trying to decide, is it before the Great Depression, like they're being aspirational, or is it post-Great Depression where it's like now everyone, you know, the economy's back. We want everyone to have food and a car in the garage. Well, I don't know why you'd have to campaign on stuff that people could now afford. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I like that logic. Okay. So let's go down that route. Yeah. We'll lock in, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking FDR on this one. Uh, Neil said it might be too aspirational to uh, at that era to say a car in every garage, but uh, I don't know. Politicians have been known to uh, make aspirational statements during their campaigns, like "Who will pay for what wall" or something like that. But uh, <laughs> I, I do know this one. It's probably one of very few presidential facts or slogans that I know. But it is Hoover. It's Hoover. Mm. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, my joke falls flat, and uh, we'll go with Hoover. <laughs> Kiana um, is scooping you up there like a like a nice vacuum. I'm um, trying to help. <laughs> Jeff uh, Jeff wrote FDR, so I, I de- deferred to Jeff. All right, the answer is in fact Herbert Hoover. All right, she's saving my ass this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I 
had to just quickly um, adjust um, this next question after doing a, a quick search. Um, but I do have the correct answer now. Uh, what is the first invention to be patented? Or you, you could argue just the, the first patent. Oh, the first patent. Okay. No year on that, right? 1790. And Neil, you have any ideas on first issued patents? I mean, maybe that guy? Did I he... mean, that guy's name popped into my head, yeah. Was he alive then? Oh, yeah. Okay, so what... Um, there's a couple... He was philandering in France at the time. <laughs> Getting syphilis? Actually, that could be two people. Well, minus the syphilis. <laughs> philandering in France is, uh, seems to be like your life goal. Hey, you don't know if John Adams had syphilis, do you? <laughs> I don't. There's that. He invented lightning. Invented lightning. That's not a bad one. Do you like that? <laughs> Hey, uh, why don't we go with that guy who invented lightning? Um, <laughs> the timing on my response to Neil is perfect, and I expect it to be kept. So, How, uh, Do you like that, or what else? Do I you? don't, yeah. I mean, that's okay. an invention of about that time. I, and I could see him being well-connected enough to get first in line at the patent office. So. And we know Nicolas Cage used it to his advantage. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all uh, thinking of Benjamin Franklin here. At this table, uh, Kiana, do you have another perspective you'd like I to share? I do know that. Um, it's, it's. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? Was the first invention patented or the person that did it? The invention. Uh, the, the invention. Um, it has to do with potash. I know that's, um, it's kind of a, a Philly, Philia background. I know uh, George Washington signed off on it, but um, an invention making potash. Ooh, what's potash? It's um, it's it's like a derivative of a uh, potassium. It's I think uh, it was used in fertilizer at the time. Wow, yeah. I've never heard of it's, potash before. Yeah, the guy was living in Philly at the time, and that was uh, one of the things that I, one of my random tr- pieces of trivia knowledge. That's your Philly special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we just uh, we centered in on Benjamin Franklin, and uh, we thought of uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates portrayed by Nicolas Cage in National Treasure, using the bifocal. So we, we said bifocal. Um, well, again, Kiana hit it right on the head. Um, it is wow. uh, Samuel Hopkins for uh, potash, which was used in fertilizer. Wow. What? <laughs> I've never heard. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a Philly thing. <laughs> Holy. All right. Whatever that is. Now, if you get if you chew, if you you get a Philly cheesesteak, you're supposed to put cheese was on it, right? Is that... Um, I do American cheese. Um, there are a lot of people that do whiz. I, I don't do whiz on my cheesesteaks. For me, that's a, it's a total sin. <laughs> and there's no potash uh, option I would, there. I would hope not. Okay. <laughs> Someone probably has done it. I would think in Philly at potash one point. Cheese steak. Potash cheesesteak. One the one and only potash cheesesteak. I can't even say it. They may not have uh, lived long enough to tell the tale of how it tasted. There you go. And Neil, you like your uh, potash extra burnt, right? I like my potash extra, extra, extra well done. Okay. Burnt on both sides. Ken is making fun of me because uh, I, I love breakfast food. I, I could eat it uh, every meal of the day. And my favorite breakfast food is uh, two eggs over medium with corned beef hash, extra, extra, extra well done, burnt on both sides. So it's extra crispy. He tells the servers, if you think it's burnt, cook it some more. Right. Because I always say, if you think it's burnt and you think I'm going to complain, I won't. I want it completely burnt right and most of the time they don't get it right because they they're afraid which is totally fine I, I used to serve but um but i do have a restaurant here called mother's day uh great guys who own a small family and they now torch that 
torch it. <laughs> and when I go in there now, one of the guys at the front desk will go, oh, hey, Neil, I'll get him, get him started on that corned beef hash right now. And uh, Colleen went to go pick up takeout from Mother's Day. And she's like, what's your deal over there? I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I get there and I go, oh, this is the order for Neil. Oh, tell Neil we said hi. And uh, she's like some waitress <laughs> that I'd never even met. I was like, yeah, they know me there. They know he's the extra, extra well done guy. Potash. If it's burnt on one side, I'll send it back. <laughs> All right. You guys ready for the next question? I think so. Yep. How long did the Hundred Years' War actually last? <laughs> Damn it. Every time. <laughs> Every GD time. It's something close to that, right? Yeah, I was thinking it was... Uh... I think I'm really close. Okay, so we're, we're right off. Is there? Uh, are you going to give us like a maybe like within three or something? Yeah, within three. I'll give you within three. Okay. okay. All right, yeah, cool. Then, then we're in. Because yeah. Jeff and I are very close, I think. 87 years. What do you sure. think? Yeah. Let's do it. Do I, I have no idea, actually. Eighty-seven. <laughs> I think I think eighty-seven is the number I always guess, and it's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we guessed a little higher. We said one seventeen. All right. Well, Jeff Neal got it. It is one sixteen. Oh, uh, good job, guys. Yeah. I told you we were a little. I thought we were a year or two off. Yeah. Yeah, because I wrote one eighteen. He wrote one seventeen, and I thought we got it wrong before by saying one sixteen. But now I'll, I'll try to remember that one sixteen. The first number that flashed into mind for me was one oh six. And okay. then you wrote 118, and I was like, "No, it is in the teens, isn't it?" So, sweet teamwork. Gonna, good job, guys. I'm just gonna I'm gonna correlate. I'll try to remember to round down next time. Uh, From 87, 116 servings of potash is the Hundred Years' War. That's how I'm gonna keep it in my head. <laughs> it's not a food, if you understand. <laughs> I'm gonna make it a food. That's my goal for 2019. He's using like the Michael Scott name recognition method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. How much pressure do the strings of a grand piano exert on the frame? And I'll give you within two tons. Wow. There's a reason the frames are made of metal. Piano is a, is a fascinating instrument. Piano, is this a Philly thing? or? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not a Philly thing. Let's say 20, Maybe, um, 20 tons. 20 works. Put some, uh, some whiz on it. Yeah. <laughs> on the strings. Um, I am tempted to go 16 tons, which is a uh, an old song with a very low voice. You know, 16 tons. What one of those you great uh, storytelling songs. Yeah, the over and over and deeper and dot. Um, I can't remember the guy's name now, but 16 tons. But Jeff wrote six, and uh, I'm okay with six. I That's think because I thought for some reason 12,000 pounds was the number stuck in my head, so we went six tons. Okay. Um, both are actually a little bit low. Um, it is 30 tons. Wow. Hmm. On a grand piano. Good lord. It's a lot of poundage. A lot. <laughs> it's like 60,000-ish. It's a lot of pressure. That's what the song Under Pressure is about, right? Yes. And also the song Pressure by Paramore. Oh. It's all about pianos. <laughs> all right. Why is the city of La Pa Bolivia safe from burning down? <laughs> I think we can lock in. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I, I immediately thought of Belize for some reason where we send Jeff when he gets answers wrong, but that's uh, that's from Breaking Bad. So it's, we're talking about Bolivia here. So we think uh, maybe no wooden structures? That could be. Maybe they're all made of metal? They're all made of concrete? Sure. No wooden okay. structures. Let's be vague. So uh, Jeff said he had a premonition from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and he said what, Jeff? Uh, I said that they're so high in altitude, there's not enough oxygen in the air to have a fire, like catch fire. Wow. All right. Um, that is absolutely correct. There, uh, there's not enough oxygen for um, for the city to catch fire. 
well, how do they breathe? <laughs> you, you don't need as much oxygen as you think. <laughs> I can demonstrate for you. <laughs> yeah, just choke me now. I have a safe word. Daddy. Oh my God. <laughs> It's potash. No, no. My safe word is potash, <laughs> as as Willow said. Uh, choke me extra, extra hard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember okay. there was a there was an episode of like Top Gear way back in the day, and they tried to drive through the Andes. And one of the problems with driving the cars is they couldn't drive a car with a carburetor because mm. there wasn't enough oxygen actually to cause combustion. Hmm. So they had to have um, like uh, what is it? Uh, direct in fuel injection because mm. and uh, they were also taking Viagra, um, to, pre- <laughs> what? to to prevent pulmonary embolisms. Yeah, because of the altitude. the original the, original. <laughs> the actual <laughs> intention of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. But I I had kind of had a uh, thought about that. So. All right. Uh, wait. They all took Vi- Viagra in the same car as they were driving. Yeah. Didn't we do that prevent, on our way we, to Boston? We, we did that on the way to Boston, yeah. <laughs> but we weren't high enough to really prevent the risk of anything, so there were other unintended consequences. <laughs> Go ahead with question 10. All right. feel uh, kind of weird that this is the next question after conversation. Uh, what do Krusty the Clown uh, and Chandler from Friends have in common? Oh. I don't know anything about The Simpsons, so... Um, I know this thing. Is this a... Oh, yeah. That's got to be right. That is... That is a Chandler thing. Yeah. Um, that's that's one of the things I know about Chandler, and if that's the only thing I know, it's probably in in there somewhere. Okay. We'll lock in. Man, I'm I'm thinking about this. I know different things about both characters. I know nothing about both characters. If I get two row in a right, um, I'll have a renaissance. So. Two row in a right? Yeah. Let's say I can't they, speak today either. Let's say they share a middle name. Two rows don't make a Okay. Row. Say they share a middle name. Share a middle name. Jeff wrote down something I... I don't know Friends that well, but when he wrote it, it immediately clicked that... I know it's true about Chandler. Friends, and I would guess maybe... It's kind of an interesting fact. Yeah. So. so we said that they each have an extra nipple. They do <sighs> each have an extra nipple. Yep. Nice job, right. Jeff. I wasn't going to get there, but the second you said it, I was like, oh yeah. They're joined in illustrious company by Jeff, too. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the uh, power has shifted again in this game. Uh, Special K has 65 points at the end of two rounds, and it looks like mild high, 80 points. You have no power here. <laughs> what movie is that from? Is that Lord of the Rings? Come Lord on. Lord of the Rings, uh, Two Towers. Because okay. you don't know that. I didn't know which Lord of the Rings it was. Oh, I knew it was fair. Lord of the Rings. Uh, so what are our categories today, Willow? All right. So our categories for the final round are going to be the good, the bad, the ugly, the fast, and the furious. <laughs> Okay, all the wagers are locked in on those categories. Let's get the questions. Question one in uh, the final round. The category is the good. Who was the first woman nominated uh, to, uh, for an Oscar in cinematography? It might help to know that she's also the only one. All right, question number two. Uh, why was Hitler turned down at the Vienna uh, School of Art? Oh, yeah, question three. Um, in The Ugly. What was the name of The Elephant Man, a circus performer in the late 1800s? Number four in The Fast. What uh, what vehicle set the record for the fastest a human has traveled relative to Earth? Number five, The Furious. The Royal Navy built two ships with the name HMS Furious. One was a gunship in 1850, 
What was the other? Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all the answers are locked in, so let's let's get the questions again and find out uh, if we're right or not. Question one in The Good. Who was the first woman to be nominated for an Oscar in cinematography? It might help to know that she was the, uh, also the only one. Okay, so uh, we wagered zero on this one. We are going to actually uh, say Rachel Morrison. I believe she was nominated last year for Mudbound, which is a pretty good movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, we wagered five, Oakland five, uh, all the way down, actually. Uh, we also went with Rachel Morrison. Uh, she did a great job on Fruitvale Station as well with uh, Ryan Coogler and uh, worked with him on Black Panther. Yep, it is, in fact, Rachel Morrison. All right, question two in The Bad. Why was Hitler turned down at the uh, Vienna Art School? Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff had a pretty in-depth reasoning here. Yeah, we said because uh, his art sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we bet another zero here. We put poor stippling technique. Ooh, Ooh. got to have good stippling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the actual reason, while um, he was told uh, many times that his art did suck, um, <clears throat> but the reason he was turned down was that he couldn't draw the human form. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting and chilling, isn't it? That is really chilling. Yeah. All right, question three. All right, question three in The Ugly. What was the name of the Elephant Man, a circus performer in the late 1800s? Uh, yeah, we, we wagered five again. Um, I just know this name because Bradley Cooper portrayed him on stage on Broadway with no prosthetics. It was all uh, a physical performance. It yeah. looked really cool. But it's John uh, Merrick. John Merrick. And uh, we went ahead. We had a little uh, discussion here. We were between John Merrick and Joseph Merrick. And I think where 
the discrepancy is is uh, one is the uh, fictional portrayals and one is the actual man. But we just put Merrick to be safe. Last name only. Merrick. Um, well, I have both names, uh, Joseph and John Merrick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, he went by both when he was live, but I have uh, both names in here, and it's uh, both names showed up in all of my research. So I, I looked into it briefly because I was curious because now I had a burning question. And his given name is Joseph Merrick. Um, he is often in pop culture and in other means incorrectly identified and known as John, but Joseph is his given That's what name. I thought, so, yeah. okay, all right. Uh, moving on to the next question, in the fast, what vehicle set the record for the fastest a human has traveled relative to Earth? Oh, I like Jeff just figured it out now. Uh, but we wagered five, and uh, what did we put down, Jeff? Uh, I didn't write anything, but I know what it is. So it's not uh, Paul Walker's. Uh, was it a Toyota Skyline from Fast and the Furious? No, one? I was I was thinking of the, like the fastest land vehicle, right? Which is uh, it's like a it's basically like an SR seventy one Blackbird with no wings. But um, I believe the correct answer is the Saturn V rocket. Okay, but we did we did for the record put nothing. We down. have nothing down yet. And uh, we said that the Fast and the Furious itself was an acting vehicle for Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. The uh, the correct answer was Apollo ten upon reentry. Hmm. Um, oh, I forgot what the exact speed was, um, but it was the fastest a human has has traveled compared to Earth. Hmm. All right. And the last question in the Furious. The Royal Navy built two ships with the uh, with the name HMS Furious. One was a gunship in 1850, but what was the other? We uh, we guessed maybe it was a submarine. Uh, we said tank for that. Um, the correct answer is it was uh, an aircraft uh, an aircraft carrier, um, oh, which was launched in 1916 and decommissioned in 1945. That was the other possibility we floated. We figured yeah. maybe it was the ironic one or the kind of on the nose one of like all the fury raining down. All right, so at the end of this game, nothing ventured, nothing gained for Special K. We rest at 65 points. Looks like Mild High uh, lost five points in the final round, but they hung on with the tips of their fingers to be today's cream of the crop at 75 points. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Yeah, that little uh, potash boost helped us (laughs) over the finish line. I told you not to eat that, Neil. It's not food. <laughs> this will be my last broadcast, everyone. Thank you for all the support. It's been a good run. It's been a good run. Good night and good luck. Uh, well, yeah, thank you, uh, Willow, for putting the game together for us. Absolutely. Happy to do it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, Kiana, thank you for keeping us afloat. It was a valiant effort. There were some clutch answers in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> Kiana is super clutch. Um, uh, before we let you go, Kiana, uh, any anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? I know you said your friend had an Etsy that does some great drawings uh, or any organizations you'd like to, to call out. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, my friend that I mentioned, Kristen Henson, she uh, is on Etsy as uh, Henson, H-E-N-S-O-N, Handmade. So Henson Handmade on Etsy. Check out all of her awesome cards and, and things that she has up for sale there. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to reach out. Maybe she can do some official triviality cards. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, anyone else you'd like to uh, want to shout out to your husband who's doing some laundry today? Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Jack, who is currently downstairs in the basement. I think he's done laundry, but yeah, hey, Jack. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, Willow, uh, how about you? Anyone you'd like to uh, say hello to or uh, anything we uh, should be paying attention to? Uh, no, just uh, I'm glad you guys had me uh, had me on, and, and you know I've been wanting to wanted to host for a while, and you know I've been trying to get into the the hosting game here here in the local pubs. So uh, this was a uh, you know good uh, good opportunity to to do all that. So I yeah. you know thank you guys a lot. Thank you. It was a it was a difficult but fun game. I would say it was awesome. Yeah. And uh, thank you both for being uh, supporters on Patreon. You're both United States champions. We couldn't uh, do the show without you. So uh, really appreciate that. And if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast uh, and join the support of our show. And uh, you'll see both of them on The Crop, our Facebook group, where you can interact uh, with uh, questions of the day, uh, with some GIF answers that uh, everyone seems to love, and also uh, just some you know normal tomfoolery. And it so. looks like uh, Jeff is over here juggling his Aussie Rules Australian football. So I absconded from Neil. So, Neil, if you want to take us out so we can go outside and play. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much to uh, Willow Campbell and Kiana Cutney for joining us uh, over Skype and to my co-hosts, Jeff and Ken. Uh, Matt, uh, we hope you catch that uh, that killer, man. Um, I don't know if, if you're going to be able to, but uh, just you know, don't build the show. He's not coming back till he does. So that's true. So we'll see when Matt does come back. But uh, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. We all have syphilis. Um, that is not true. Don't worry. Don't send us your letters. We don't have syphilis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to cut. Oh, it will be. Uh, uh, that's what the beauty of that we're not doing this live. Then Kiana can see just how much we cut. <laughs> just nonsense. Uh, uh, so this guy, I'm just thinking of like the three big things he did. Can we get um, Can we get the crossover film between Fast and the Furious and Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Fate of the Ugly. Um, Angel Eyes takes out Dominic Toretto. Yeah, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we didn't win Geek Bowl. We were just too much Viagra. The blood wasn't in our brain. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get that's that's where the line is. Right? That's where the line gets okay. cut, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>